0: I'm Coach Nikki. Welcome to the Business 101 Show podcast. If you have a question on business or maybe you'd like to be interviewed on our show, get in touch. Email us info at business101show.com.au. That's info at business101show.com.au. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. You can find all those details at our website, business101show.com.au. And welcome to the 2022 first bonus interview of the year. In studio with me, of course, is Coach Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I've started the New Year the right way. I forgot my headset when I came in today. I grabbed the wrong one off the shelf at home. Still in holiday
1: mode. There you go. We must
0: all be in holiday mode. But (laughs) how many people do you think suffer from that? They go, oh, no, it's just, is it harder to get into it just knowing that we've clicked over the New Year?
1: I love the New Year. Uh, You said actually earlier when I came in, I looked very focused today. You did. And I do feel a little bit organised, so I just, I don't know why, it's just like a clean slate, you can start again, you know. You've done some planning, haven't you? I have.
0: Mm, Me too. We're going to talk about that. So the whole purpose of this bonus interview podcast version today is to really give or drill home on the points we're going to cover off quickly in the live show. Um, And it's to give some more context around what we're talking about, because we can obviously go a little bit longer format in this podcast format, so... If you're listening to this tribe, that's why you're doing it because it's going to give you a little bit deeper than we can go on the live show. But Kerry, I think this year, and you actually said it during the year, and I listened back to uh, the first show from last year, I think we're going to keep the same theme for this year, and that is you've got to be more selfish this year.
1: Absolutely. You're, yeah. r- you're right on board with that, aren't you? I'm right on board with that. Mm. I'm, I'm teaching myself how to say no and be okay with it.
0: That's an incredibly hard thing to do. It is. Especially if you've got a pleasing personality. Which you might have a little bit of.
1: I am a people pleaser, and I don't like to say no. That's Mm. why I am involved with so many different things. But there comes a time where you just have to learn that saying no is the right thing to do, not only for you but for others around you as well. Yeah, Uh, because it feels very selfish, doesn't it, to say no?
0: It does. My sister-in-law actually said that to me about three, four years ago. Linda, she goes, "Nikki, you have to be more selfish. You have to say no." And I didn't really understand what she was talking about until I got through a couple more things that I I said, yep, too. And they went, ah, okay. So being more selfish, it may sound like a throwaway line just to tag a show with a theme. But for a business owner, we're deadly serious when we say, this year, make sure you put you first. And that's why you have to be more selfish. So we're going to break this chat down into the you component and then the work component because it's about strategy and planning. But I think without you, there is no business. There is no partnership. There is no everything else right so that's no, why we so start true. with you so what are your thoughts around new year's when you think about just you i, I don't like setting resolutions i use the word last year but i actually like targets better than resolutions whatever social post you know New Year's Eve this year going, I like targets, not resolutions. What do yeah, you think?
1: I, I don't maybe it's an age thing. I think I moved on from resolutions a couple of years ago as well. <laughs> I <just> you're
0: officially <laughs> hang on, you're older than me, so
1: <laughs> Only just. Only just <laughs> So yeah, I don't I tend to I do have thoughts about what I would like to do in terms of my health and in terms of my business, but I don't necessarily set a resolution for that. Or yeah. even really a a, a hard target as such i i you know if i you know for this year it's just about being healthier than what i was last year but there's no hard and fast rules with it for me
0: i like that i think that's important too because i said last year that um i've got to drop eight kegs i've dropped zero kegs like i'm exactly 94 like i was at the start of last year but i've gone into this year going okay millie i both said let's drop five kegs each So, and we're going to work on it because we've moved in on a new unit, as you know, and there's a gym downstairs. So I've got no excuses now. I still kept my membership at the other gym where I go do Pilates and cycle hit. But now I've got no excuse. I can go downstairs and swing a kettlebell and run on the elliptical, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. So I think with the new focus, and here's the clinker, the clincher, you've got to have conscious thought and conscious focus to actually achieve something. So that's part of this whole plan for business owners. So if you're really serious, or even if you're half serious, and you're saying, yeah, I've got to get healthier, then you really have to make it a conscious thought to do that, right? Now, I was going to play this a little bit later on, but I think now's a great time to play it. Why business owners are fat. Have a listen to this and we'll talk about it. This is what I said on this show one year ago. Get serious for a minute. Most business owners are fat. And I'll tell you why most of us are fat and overweight. It's because the business comes first. Yeah. We don't come first. We put ourselves probably fourth or fifth. And that is a huge dilemma and a problem. So part of my... Uh, resolution this year is I'm going to get healthier. It's not about weight loss; it's about being healthier. Yep. Um, and it's also about being more selfish. So this year I'm putting myself first, and my relationship with my wife first, not my family. My family's coming in third. So just think about that for a minute. I can feel the hate mail coming already. But it's like it really takes a conscious uh, focus to actually go right. Kids are you know, pretty much red. My youngest is going to grade 12 this year, so I support him, obviously. But I'm just saying yeah. the focus actually is going to go into myself and my relationship more so than my family because that's where 100% of the focus has been in work and family. Yeah. So I'm making that conscious shift to move some of the focus off work, some of the focus off family, and redirecting that focus into myself and relationship because you've only got 100% focus and you've yeah. got to divvy 100% focus up somehow. That's what I said one year ago today, well, pretty much. Yeah. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think we definitely don't put ourselves first as business owners. I think, you know, normally for me, the business normally becomes, I mean, it goes above everything, which is probably not the right way it should be. But for me, particularly when I had my cafe and I was in that hard working seven day a week environment, my family would go out on holidays without me. Mm hmm. So, you know, I had to keep the business going. And if someone left a week before we went away, then guess who didn't go on holidays? Mm -hmm. Probably the worst thing I could have done.
0: Yeah, I know. But at the time, you feel like, well, someone's got to do it and I'm the one who can do it. So I'll do it. Is there any other choice? Close the door? No, because we just doers can't do it. As in, well, not we have to make things work. We can't just go, you know what? I'm going to choose me. Let's just, you know, let the place close down for a week. You wouldn't do it. No. That's not in us. No. Sounds good. Can you relate to that tribe? And, like, if you're listening to, to us now, are you overweight? Are you fat? I'm fat. I'm, you know, I'm 94 yep. and I've got a little bit of a belly here. Like, I could easily drop eight kilos and I'd look actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so can you relate to that sitting in your car? Just feel around your, your belly. Just squeeze your love handles a bit and go, hmm, why are they there? A lot of people blame themselves and go, it's because I'm soft. It's because I don't have the mindset. It's because I don't want it enough. It's, you know, we can find a whole lot of reasons to put hate on ourselves. But maybe you've got to remember to be good to yourself because I'm telling you, that if you run your own business, the reason why you're fat is because you've got other mistresses that come before your own desire and the business is number one, even before your life partner and your kids, I would argue. So... It's funny to say a year ago you know lose eight kegs haven't followed through um still the same weight but i still have the same desire this year and i just think i'm okay with that i I like what you said before as long as i can improve myself on last year well i have actually uh had better quality time with my wife i have put my family to the third position like i said i would uh so my kids you know weren't the be all and end all because they're they're adults now so That's been actually pretty good and that's freed up some mental space for me to get more planned and more structure. And we'll cover that off a little bit later in the five – I showed you a picture of my whiteboard earlier. Yeah, yeah. The the five uh, project areas. So step one, family, is make sure you put yourself first this year and make sure you're selfish.
1: I can recommend something really good to watch, and that is Will Smith's new series, which is on YouTube. Oh. It's called The Best Shape of My Life. Okay. Um, go ahead and watch it. I think it's six episodes. I think they're about 40 minutes. It's a real eye-opener, um, and uh, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. So that's my recommendation. Go watch that.
0: And what was that again? Just if someone's listening that
1: Will Smith's wondering. new YouTube series called The Best Shape of My Life.
0: Okay. Will do. I'm happy to sit on the couch and watch some TV. Hmm. Great. All right. Going down the list of things we have to go through, um, we've talked about targets and resolutions, you and your relationships. What about, is there anything else in the personal realm that you think needs to be said? I, don't, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, as business people, we don't need a one-hour lecture on, you know, this is you should be fitter, you should be leaner, you should be give up smoking, don't drink as much, you know, eat less carbs, uh, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's got an idea on what they can do to be a healthier version of themselves than they are now. And I think that's all we're saying is just do that and don't, get, don't rag yourself. Don't set. I'm going to lose 100 kilos. Well, that's fine if you're 300 kilos to start with. But keep it sort of realistic and then just it's about health. It's not about weight loss. Health is the key there. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because I've had the focus of weight loss my whole life, never mm-hmm. achieved it. The minute mm-hmm. I started thinking health, I was actually the most motivated because mm. I want to be around for a while, at and least to 80.
1: It's so easy to fall off when you focus everything on weight as well because as soon as you don't hit your targets or you're not achieving it, you feel like you've let yourself down and you give up.
0: You find a family block of hazelnut chocolate and you just make up for <laughs> Hazelnut, you know, that's your favourite, that's isn't my it? absolute favourite chocolate. I'm a comfort eater. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah it's so true, so yeah. true. But if you're just focusing on... You know, being healthier than what you were last year, well, that could be interpreted into the amount of exercise you're doing or what you're putting in your mouth, how much of it you're putting in your mouth. I mean, most of us could go to a restaurant and just cut our plates in half, let's face it.
0: Yeah, well, Well, that's the trick, actually, buy smaller plates in your house because you'll Mm. actually naturally eat less if you have smaller plates. You've just reminded me of something. The key change that I have implemented this past year, because I actually was sitting there going, I've done nothing. I did. I actually started on the fitness bike that my wife got me last Christmas, and I rode that bad boy for 1,200 Ks. Wow. So I would have trained for about four out of the 12 months on that bike every day. That's awesome. So I did actually lose some weight, but I trimmed up. It's not like the – the the Yeah.
1: Well, I briefly mentioned to you yesterday about this, uh, and our listeners may have heard of it, the 75 hard challenge. Oh, yeah, I hadn't heard That's of That's out there. What Did you it? look it up? Did you no. look up? No, I'm going to later. So, you know, bear with me if I don't get the details right, but it's doing two sessions, two 45-minute sessions of exercise per day. One of them has to be outside and the other one can be inside. Yeah. It is um, eating, following some kind of eating plan or, or diet, whatever that is to you. Um, drinking four litres of water a day. Uh, and, yeah, following that for 75 days. Um, and Not drinking any alcohol, I think that was the other one. Uh, oh, sorry, and reading a self-help book. Ten pages of a self-help book every day. Perfect. So, yeah, that's sort of big, and it's, uh, it's a free thing that you can look up and find all the details about, but it's very big out there at the moment.
0: And that was called what again?
1: 75 Hard Challenge.
0: 75 Hard Challenge. Mm. How many people are sitting there going, I couldn't give up alcohol for 75 days?
1: No. There's so many. It's non- Mummy's little helper. But now we have all of these non-alcoholic substitutes, don't we?
0: Look, you don't actually need alcohol. No. I mean, I drink soda water. But the, the peer group pressure that I cop from blokes, when, I, when we go out, and I, what would you like to drink? I'll oh, have a soda water, thanks. Oh, you want a real drink? It's funny how people feel threatened when you're not getting on the, you know, getting on the tips I, with them.
1: I go up to the bar and I'll say, I have a soda water, but can you put it in a wine glass for me? Yeah, there you go. You know, is it's funny just, how
0: we got to temper that for other people?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, I think on the inside it makes me feel like I'm drinking wine as well as <laughs> <laughs> probably as a psychological
0: <laughs> <laughs> effect. Coach Kerry is the eternal optimist, folks. <laughs> wow, okay. That's funny. Okay, so that's enough on you then. Let's move into the work realm. Now, um, around work there's a couple of different things that I think we should talk about and do. I think the low-hanging fruit is you should actually make a lot more money just working a bit smarter, not harder. So here's a grab from our products and packaging show that we did, you and I, because it's, it's from episode 27 and you can look this up on our business101show.com.au webpage, look for episode 27, uh, pricing and packaging your products. This is what we said in the show and this is how you make an extra half a million dollars revenue a year. You know when you sell someone a coffee at $4? Yes. You upsell them on a $2 coffee? Yes. You increased your revenue by 50% at the first point of sale by saying, before you leave today, would you like a refill for $2 before you leave? Yeah. You've made a $4 sale, a $6 sale.
1: Yeah. We're at treat. I said to you, 75% of people who were offered that actually took up on it. And then another 25% or so were actually would upsell again to buy a cookie or something else. So they could take their takeaway coffee and their cookie and off they go.
0: And the numbers I did on that based on the volume that was done back then, that's about half a million To the revenue number Mm. a year just on that would you like to buy a refill for two dollars before you leave something as simple as that and plus the cookie upsell Mm. and there's another half a mil revenue do you remember that yeah Yeah, that was your good work there with Mm. uh, you know just add a cookie and a two dollar coffee refill which went from four to six dollars and that was a half a million dollar revenue increase just by doing those two things
1: I remember when I took over the business, the, the the previous owner they sort of said to me because it was a franchise, so you have to be interviewed. They asked me what was going to be my first goal, and I said it was just to increase the average spend mm-hmm. that they weren't spending enough. Do you
0: remember what it was?
1: Oh, I think it was around four fifty, which was really low. Because four dollars fifty. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. No. So um, I know by the time we were finished there, we were up to about twelve dollars fifty or twelve sixty or something we around. So, you know, serving the same people, getting them to buy more.
0: Yeah, that's great. Mm. So that's what I want to talk to you about in your business realm. Work smarter, not harder. Have a think about in your business, how can you actually pick the low-hanging fruit that's going to have such dramatic increase on your bottom line and really it should revolve around average spend or they call it basket size in the online world. You should actually look at, and it's the same thing, you know how I love my mechanics and Mm. hairdressers, you know, it's the same thing as if you're doing a mechanic service and your, your expenditure is X, you know, I don't, what, what's an average mechanic service? I wouldn't know because my cars are all done through the company. I don't look at it.
1: Oh, I think I pay 199 Oh, okay. I was guessing
0: 195 Okay, there I go. did have a clue. <laughs> so how do you get $195 spend up to, you know, 20% growth to 240 rough number? How do you do it? You've got to find a product or service that someone's going to see value in to then take as an offering. Now, yeah, you're going to have to workshop that and we'd have to work through it. I'm just gonna spit, not going to spit ball for you, but that's how you increase basket size. So whether you're a mechanic doing you know, a logbook service, whether you're a hairdresser doing a $300 hair colour, which, my God, that's expensive, but anyway, maybe it's not. Maybe it's because of the time and labour. Um, if you're a dentist, I think dentists are actually cheap. When you look at six years of study and they're only paying $195 for an hour in the chair, I'm going, you guys should be charging double that, but you obviously can't afford to. You know, People wouldn't pay it, but... Yeah. So smarter, not harder, and that's what you should be focused on this year. Because I, I think I've taken it as a given that people are working hard. Because if you're not, you you don't deserve to succeed, right? So I just feel like as business owners, we're working hard naturally. It's
1: such an old mentality, isn't it? What's that? <laughs> working like working hard.
0: Yeah, well, it, okay. it's, yeah it's the old, well, even the young ones go, I'm going to grind it out. You know, I'm working 20-hour days yeah, and yeah. you know, you seem so proud of grinding. I so, said, well, if you're just grinding for the sake of grinding, you're an idiot Yeah, yeah. because there's got to be a balance. I'm not just saying you know, if you just show up for 24 hours, well, then you're going to be successful. No, you could be a numpty for 23 of those 24 hours, right? Yeah. It's about focus, conscious thought mm. and strategy. But still, yeah, I mean, business owners, we do naturally work hard because we want we things don't. to be right, we want it to be done, we want to assess things and, and how to do it. So that's why I really wanted to hone in on, okay, you've already got that in the bag working hard. Now let's work smarter. Let's make you more money already doing, and it's, it's not going to increase what you're doing. Like with your upsell, it was just simply identifying what the potential to increase the basket size was, and then obviously tweaking the script at point of sale. And then giving a prize. Now, you did something really cool with your stuff, uh, rewarding it. You won't give away thousands of dollars for people that upsold. No. What was this cheapo thing that you oh, did? We used
1: to have a box of chocolates and we'd have competitions, daily competitions to see who could sell the most amount of upsells.
0: Just imagine this for a minute, even if you're a tight ass, if you went and bought a $15 box of streets, chocolates, or yeah. cabaret, whatever it is, and you said, every day we're going to have a draw at 3 p.m., um, whoever's done the most upsell of X is going to be the chocolate winner. I've seen – so. That's perfect, Kerry. Mm. Now, let me give you a story from my business. So my wife and our head procurement officer, Nikki, they have a competition all year because Millie does all the import sourcing and Nikki does all the domestic sourcing in our business. They have a competition all year who sells the most revenue at the highest profit margin. So it's not just about sale because anyone can sell, you know, for $4 million if it's at zero ref, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So they have this competition every year. It's been going for the last five years and you should see the effort they put into You know what the prize is? It's a gold-coloured ceramic pineapple that I got from Kmart. I don't know what was, a pineapple, but it is. Um, And the winner gets to sit that on their desk for the year. And the loser gets a loser plaque that we started five years ago, and it gets handed to the loser each year. So you've actually got a plaque of shame, and you've got a trophy of, of success. They bust their ass all year to win that prize. That's it. There's, there's there's no other benefit other than bragging
1: rights. Nothing like a bit of healthy competition. <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> so, try. Are you harnessing that in your business? And if you're not, you're really looking. Or you you you've got an opportunity there because humans are competitive by nature. I don't care if you're in a nurse's outfit, if you're a mechanics, hairdressers. You could be in a group of librarians. I'm telling you, everyone is competitive. So let's get stuck into working smarter, not harder, and make sure you leverage. Um, those benefits. Now, just on that, another bit of importance that came to us from Alan Todd. He was one of our first guests back, I think, in August last year. He said something very interesting about being the boss.
2: Have a listen to this. At the end of the day, in a business, you can have a partnership. You know, So say um, you and your partner are 50-50% in that business, but which one of you two makes the call? You can't-
0: Someone has to make the decision. You can't both be the boss. No, no.
2: So that's what I'm saying. At some stage, one's the boss. So in a family business, Who's that person who's going to make the decision? So I spoke to a guy one day had a successful business. He, he said he's going to retire. This son's going to be in charge of that. This son's going to be in charge of that. And this son's going to be in charge of that. I said, mm, okay, which one's in charge? When, it, when the proverbial hits the fan, when there's a big decision to make, who's the one who makes the call? Oh, no, no, this one looks after that. This one looks after that. And this one looks after that. Needless to say, that business doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in Todd's, who has the final say? Me. Still. And that's quite clear? Yeah. And what, ha- what happens if you really get hammered on, you know, the, the, the boys or the management team have one strategy, but you just don't agree with it? Will you pull the, well, no, I'm not doing it? Do you still have that level of autonomy? Because secession's really interesting for people. Like, how do they do it successfully? What tips?
2: I'd, I'd look for middle ground. That's it.
0: Maybe you're a deal maker, so you're looking for. No, the, I'm yeah. not a deal maker.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a supporter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I'd support. Look, I don't, I think if the business is run day to day well and you address the issues and everyone's got an understanding you're probably not going to get to that critical critical thing where you've got to make the call if you do they're probably coming to you to say look we could go either way here call it eight. heads or tails doesn't really matter Yeah. what's your opinion what's there? your opinion So my gut feeling says do this they'll do that that's probably about it and I might go the other way sometimes I come look I don't care either way give it a go whatever you want to do just flip a coin or we'll go with him or we'll go with him you work it out that's it mm.
0: Now, isn't that interesting? So, so often I actually have found myself almost apologizing when I've got to put the boss foot down or when I'm playing the boss card, but really for success in an organization, there has to be a clear boss. I mean, that's Alan Todds from Todds Hi-Fi, who's been around for four generations in in hi-fi and sound and constantly reinvented themselves. They're now in um, automation, home automation uh, and home theater and uh, T, like screens and stuff. What do you think about that, Kerry?
1: I think he's right when he says someone has to be the boss because that's a big mistake that I see throughout a lot of businesses that I deal with, um, particularly when it's a couple that are in business together, similar to you and Millie. I love the structure that you guys have because at the end of the day, there is boss. um.
0: Millie didn't like it when I pulled the boss card on (laughs) her though, but yeah, you're right. Someone's got to have it, even though we're business partners, in the realm, someone has to have the say.
1: If that doesn't, if you don't have that set up, what I, what I find in the people that I deal with is they blame each other for things not going right because there's no real decision maker. There's no real, everything's kind of a little bit wishy-washy, you know, they're discussing it over dinner and having a cup of tea and making a decision and it's just not the way you should run a business. There needs to be someone in charge who makes those decisions and runs with it.
0: Yeah, and I think what could be quite important too, if you've got a dominant personality in a relationship and it's not the boss. Um, you need a third party to be the boss. You need to employ a GM or a CEO and then you need to back them through, you know, you guys go on the board, but you still need a chairman of the board too, but yeah. it's. I think there'd be a lot of working couples um, in our demographic of business owners in Logan that would fall into that category and both of them think they're the boss. Now, that's probably fine. But at some stage, you're going to be split evenly because, you you know, if you're in a couple, you do sort of see the world a different way. Like, what's the story through COVID? If an anti-vaxxer was married to a vaxxer, those people broke up. Like, there was no middle ground. So you obviously see things reasonably similarly in some cases if you're a working couple, I would suggest. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that from a surface level of looking, it can look as though both of you are running the business together. But at the end of the day, there needs to be a boss. Yeah behind the scenes someone's stepping up to that role
0: (laughs) yeah that's right so don't be afraid to actually have that and if you're not sure of who that is in your relationship when you next have your morning coffee together it's time to actually go hey let's let's just thrash this one out and at the end of the day if we're evenly split on something then you or I are going to have the final say and let's agree on that now now what that's either going to do is it's going to be easy or it's actually going to highlight that you're both competing against each other um, and if that's the case then you probably need some marriage counselling just to work through that issue because a lot of couples actually inadvertently unknowingly are competing mm. because they're afraid of looking like they're weaker or not as good as the other one So, yep. but it's a really key point so I'm really glad that um, Toddy brought that up um, I've actually got to know Alan over the last couple of years so I'm fortunate to actually call him a friend now and we have some very interesting conversations around structure and secession and hierarchy and things because he's a version of a, that's got a family business secession done really well. So.
1: And that would have evolved over the years that they've been Definitely. around, wouldn't it? Definitely. They've probably made the mistakes and that's why he knows what he's talking about. Definitely.
0: He's, he's got it right, but he's also gone through some pain to get there. So there you go. So have, you know, work smarter, not harder. Make sure you have a boss. Now, Kerry, if you were to sit down New Year's Eve this year, so the end of 2022, what does success look like in the business for Altitude? That there's been
1: significant growth and.
0: Now, growth, now just, to, sorry, I'm just going to probe you a little bit. Yes. <laughs> is this on revenue or is this on customer number? No, or see. Is it on
1: both? So, I, for me, growth is about uh, the number of products that we're putting out there, products and services that we're putting out there. So, I want to have more products and services out there. So, that's the growth that I look at. And then each year we look at those products and services and decide what's working or not, get rid of the ones that are no good and, and not bringing in anything. And.
0: Not that you need it, but I'm gonna give you some good news. The key major businesses that I've spoken to, I'm talking about the people that run 5 mil revs plus in the industries that I know, they have all said exactly the same thing for 2022 as their goal. They are going to consolidate, as in focus on eyeballs on their products, so not revenue spend, but number of customers served because they believe they have the best offering now you're saying basically the same thing because you're mm-hmm. saying well look you want to make sure your offering is growing to meet market demand so they can exploit uh, the opportunities that those better products that you're going to add on to your offering bring which means you're going to serve more customers yep so you're saying the same thing so yeah. that's really what we've taken on uh, the focus to be for our businesses now we have our yearly strategy meeting on the 27th of january Um, And that's definitely something I'll be putting forward as a suggestion as we should adopt as a business and a company as well. So it's just funny that the major players normally it's all about revenue and it's that whole throwaway line of let's go 5% revenue. No one cares. The staff hate numbers. They don't care that you want to go 5% revenue. But if you said to them, okay, we actually want to have more customers and serve more people so we can provide them the service and the benefit of what we do, you can get your team involved with that and you can motivate them with that.
1: What I've found over the years is if you focus in on that, and it probably comes from my franchise days as well, having the cafe, you know, they would revamp their menus to be more in line with what the customers wanting so that they would spend more money so that that would turn into more revenue. If you're giving the the customer or the client what they want and giving more of it. What do you mean that's the focus? Are they listening to Whiffam? What's in it for me? Yeah, it just naturally, naturally turns into revenue at the end of the day.
2: Yeah.
0: That's and exactly. actually
1: it feels better to focus in on that than it does to focus in on oh let's be five percent up on last year yeah um, in terms of revenue
0: yeah so even if you've got a private desire as the business owner to go look you want your, you might be starting out you might go look I, I definitely want to be able to pay my rent and you know pay myself a wage and not just have a hobby I wanted this to be a business this coming year in 2022 that's totally fine but I think you can split that. So for yourself, it might be, you know, increase revenue to being 100K a year or whatever it is, so you can draw it finally a, a living wage. Because let's, let's face it, a living wage is going to be about 52K absolute minimum. Yeah, I'd absolutely. argue it's probably at 80K mm. minimum now, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, but then make sure that what does success look like for your business as a whole? I'm really talking about uh, the, the story that you're going to communicate to either your team, your shareholders, your customers. So again, we'll be having that conversation and we'll be saying, look, we, we want to actually help more customers in our industry um, have an easier time this year because what our services they they save people time because we're digital. And that's a story we're going to say. If we can increase, we've got roughly about 880 customers at the moment. And I think if we can get to just 1,000 customers this year, because obviously you're minus each month on the customer life cycles, as long as you're replacing more than you're losing. So normally we would lose 10 customers and normally we would attract 12. So we're a plus two each month. So, yeah, that's why we have a positive growth in customer serve, then we're winning. Mm. Yeah. So make sure you think about that tribe, get into that. Now, part of what I've got written under success, look, what does success look like and why, I've got written, do you sell or do you stay? Should I stay or should I go now?
1: Great time of year to be thinking about this.
0: Great time of year to be thinking about this and if you haven't, you should because there's no harm, no foul in thinking about this. What are your thoughts on should I sell or should I stay?
1: Well, it's a good time of year to be thinking about it simply because you're six months away from the end of the financial year. So when you're looking at preparing a a business for sale, you'll be looking at those end of financial year figures to possibly get you over the line for more money. So what do you need to tweak and do now to set yourself up for that goal? Uh, You may have also, if you're in a a hospitality or retail business, you may have just gone through your busiest period. So it's about now going, okay, well, what's the trade going to be like leading into to try and get it sorted? Um, So yeah, really good time of year to to sort of look at it um, and uh, get it ready for the end of financial year.
0: Yep. So now's a great time to have a good think about that as well.
1: Before we move on to the next thing, the other thing I thought about in terms of selling your business, it would be... Are you organized? Do you have your standard operating procedures ready to go, that list of recipes for the cafe? Just, you know, there's a lot more behind the scenes that needs to go on to get your business organized for sale than uh, what a lot of people actually go to the effort of doing.
0: Well, no one wants to buy your knowledge in your head. They want to buy a a Bible, as you call it, or a how-to manual to go, this is how we do our business. This is how you... Change everything from an F boss rolls into the till to how we do an open and close to how we cook a chicken curry with two poppadoms, or I don't know, whatever.
1: You want to make it easy for anyone to buy your business, so that it opens up the market to who's available to buy it.
0: Yeah, and what's the most, what's the biggest reason why franchises are so successful? It's because they systematize everything, mm. correct? It used to be correct. franchise, wasn't it? Yep. yeah. There you go. Same when we spoke with Sam and Sam from Right at Home, you know, the franchise guys doing aged care at home, yep. the young couple here in Logan, mm-hmm. and that's what they loved about that. That it gave them the systems to follow and just implement too. It doesn't solve all the other business problems, but at least gives them the foundation, and then they just uh, you know can focus on the other business problems as they arise. That's a good point. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. Look, uh, what else is important in the work realm for you this year when you're setting up the year for success? How to do a simple one page plan for the year. I think it's got to be a one pager because. You basically want to have a picture snapshot of what is it that you're going to do. Now, if you're like me and probably like Kerry, I've got a massive whiteboard in my office that's one wall. You can buy this whiteboard rollout stuff from Officeworks. It's dear as poison. Um, but I love it. And I've, I've ruled up my five sectors. There's five projects that I'm taking on this year. Business 101 show is one of them. That's my passion project. Um, and then, of course, the flower businesses, um, the new business that overseas in the financial sector that I've been asked to, to be part of. Um, uh, and then also uh, selling of another business that I've got interest in. So I've got five key areas and I've mapped it all out and then I've done post-it notes up against it. That's what I mean by one-pager. So do a one-page A4 where you just sit down with a cup of coffee and go, right, what are the, and I'd say max five things. I mean, it could be six, it could be two. Again, if you're a mechanic, you might just go, I want to consolidate. I want to increase my average basket spend and I want to own my patch. That, that's enough. You do that well in a year. Slam dunk. Thanks for coming. How do you do your planning for what you're doing, Kerry? Very
1: similar to you. I, I do break it up in terms of the different activities that I'm a part of. I call them activities because some of them aren't necessarily businesses.
0: Oh, you're part of a lot of stuff.
1: And I do the same thing. I have post-it notes I, I, and I, I say that to people all the time. Go to the local $2 shop, grab yourself you know, a wad of post-it notes. They normally come in five different colours um, and I tend to associate a different colour with each thing and put up what my goals are going to be for that year and they'd started as screwy bits of paper and then they end up being an actual plan
0: yeah so good make sure you do that um again we are going to run workshops this year in 2022 on strategy planning meeting with them so if you if that's you might not have any clue on how to do it because you've never done it well we actually run a workshop about that so keep your eye out on our socials for that and our website because they're the sort of things we're going to bring to the tribe this year. But that's really good. I do that too, so it's awesome. Look, um, so Rhythm, it's about planning the year, keeping it simple. That's why you only need a one-pager and you want to go for about three or five things. You know, it could be two things. Don't get caught up on the number. Don't pick 12 things. Just don't because you won't achieve it and then you'll feel like rubbish at the end of the year. I'd say max five. I'm going to struggle doing five well. I struggle doing two well, but if I'm fully organized, I can do it. I don't know about you. Maybe it's a boy thing. You do a heap of stuff, well. So you've got the rhythm of the the, the yearly plan. And then, of course, it's about uh, monthly check-ins. We do fortnightly coffee check-ins with our team. And then quarterly reviews on where are we at, can, where we believe we should be.
1: That is key. I, you've got to have that quarterly check-in because you can't – it'll get out of control if you wait six months or
0: oh, you know, nine you, months. Yeah, you know, you've got to be able to, to change direction or adjust mm. adjust the direction as it happens. So remember I said – We have fortnightly coffee catch-ups, so they make sure, you know, there's a whole lot of different systems for this, like swim lanes and uh, 3Ls, and there's a heap of systems out there. We simply, we've tried those. It didn't work for us as an organisation. So we simply, we make sure we graph, as in draw, what the the goals are. We don't normally hang them up, but this year we're actually going to do it on a post-it, spend the $100, whatever it is, for that expensive block thing doodle up the final bits, stick it on the office wall and then refer back to that and that we're going to mark off what success looks like for each month, quarter and then for the end of the year, what the goal is.
1: That's a good idea. I think you'll find that your all of your staff will want to get involved in ticking those things off.
0: When you picture the goals, mm-hmm. that's the key. And trust me, one thing, I've done this once, so don't do this, don't choose your goal as a revenue dollar amount. Nobody cares. No one cares not even you not even me <laughs> we had 10 million that was our goal uh, five years ago nobody cared including me it's a revenue dollar figure is not motivating to anybody including me whereas if i put down um if you're going to add 50 new customers that means you can now buy an aston martin at the end of the year i would have worked 24 7 to make that happen because that's my hot button. That's what I want. So make sure you link it back to either desire for the individual or the team. Um, One thing I saw in America, which I thought was cool, they they set like for BHAGs and stuff, they set rewards. And one of the rewards of the team was a breakfast cereal bar. So, you know, because cereals can be expensive, right? They said, look, if we achieve this goal, then we'll install a work breakfast bar. And then we're going to have the five top cereals that people like, like Cocoa Pops and whatever it was. It's in America, so whatever they've got over there. And then it's just free cereal. So people always had a nice breakfast or a snack if they wanted it.
1: Can I tell you they've done that at Woolies in the last 12 months. They've actually introduced a breakfast bar at Woolies. Really? So the staff can go in and have breakfast. And it's there 24-7. I say, this is this like McDonald's so and all-day breakfast? Or what? <laughs> it, is <there> all, <laughs> it is there all day. So people can help themselves to the breakfast bar and they add different things to it and all sorts of things. So it does uh, lift, lift the morale a bit of, of the staff, that's for sure.
0: There you go. Now, the key to th- all of what we're saying is, so with your plan and the reviews, is you have to be actually really clear in your communication. You have to be really focused on doing it well. Now, we spoke to the com- the business commissioner, Marie Adshead for Queensland, and this is what she had to say. Let's have a listen to this.
2: I think if we can equip businesses with one skill, it would be communication skills. You spoke about ambiguity and I couldn't agree more. That's the number one factor that has influenced the success or failure of all of our uh, mediation conferences and how businesses and their landlords or their other business get to that point in the first place. Communication, you think about every relationship in life, this is no different. It's that communication skill I think that if we could impart that message to business, talk early, talk often um, with whichever uh, your commercial relationship is with that's got to be you're ten times ahead of the game if you're doing that
0: so there you go that's that's Queensland's number one small business person the business commissioner Marieanne's head clear communication no mm. ambiguity.
3: Mm. Do Can't we need to
0: say any more about that? I mean, she no. may have pretty articulated that very yeah. well. So it's great to have um, these are the five or three or two things you want to achieve in the year. And it's great to get your team on board. It's great to draw it up in a picture and picture it. It's great to meet with them fortnightly, monthly and quarterly. But you've got to be clear in the communication of what are we doing? Why do we do it? who are we what are we about all those things and clear communication decisive communication it's the biggest thing i've been bagging our state government about for the last two years during the pandemic they've been woeful in the communication sure you know given benefit of the doubt they've been scrambling to catch up and and okay so yes they've done a good job in about 40 percent of the realm but 60 percent has been horrible because the communication hasn't been up to scratch from a leadership point of view so yeah, I know I'm a harsh one, but uh, that's how I feel about no, it. I
1: agree, and I feel like it's been all over the place. Yeah,
0: it's been a dog's breakfast to Aussie colloquialism. So clear communication and no ambiguity. I wrote a blog about um, ambiguous, non-ambiguous leadership, so that uh, will exist on our website as well if you want to read into that as well because Marie touched on that, so that's that's quite interesting. Now, we've talked about a few things in your business. Now, what about um, how you go about your business? Now, we did... I think one of our better shows in pricing your stuff Um, it was back in episode 38 and let's just have a quick listen to what we said tonight why are we doing a show about packaging your products I called it packaging your stuff
1: well I guess after a discussion that we had here in the studio it's important that people understand the advantages of packaging and pricing their products and services not only for them, for their customers, for their bottom line, there's, you know, but a lot of people don't go the right way about doing it or they don't consider everything.
0: Yeah, and they all, sometimes I think people undersell themselves too, it's too cheap, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. particularly when it comes to services because I think a lot of business owners don't value their time as much as they should.
0: Oh, that is an absolute classic. I had a conversation at the front door of my business the other day with a person that drove the equivalent of Bow Desert to to our building and back. And I said, oh, you know, there's a really great career that delivers to you, you know, five days a week. Oh, yes, but that's a bit expensive. And I said, what, $39 is expensive. You're doing a round trip to Bow Desert. People don't value their own time. Why is that? Why do we think we're free in our business?
1: I just think that when business owners think about the expenses and the costs of their business they quite often just don't put their time in there. But if it was a staff member that was going to do it, they would. But when it comes to themselves, they tend to just go, oh, yeah, but that's just me, you know, I don't count my time. But you should count your time. It's really important for you Somebody to do Somebody has to
0: be the most expensive, as our mate Andrew Griffith mentioned a few weeks ago on the show. So isn't it funny that we never position ourselves really naturally in that spot? Do you think it comes from because you've had to grind – your way and because the boss basically cleans the toilet, sweeps the floor, does all the things the staff either don't do or forget to do, do you think that's all part of that psyche of why we don't be here? yeah own
1: time? look, and I think probably a bit of enthusiasm you know when you first start a business and you just want to get your first customer and it really just just get get that across the line, and it really doesn't matter. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're six, 12 months, two years down the track, and we go, hey, on a second, we're still not charging for our time because we forgot to put our prices up mm. or we forgot to change things.
0: I've said openly about six months ago if you just put your prices up 5% tomorrow morning, if the only thing, the first thing you did when you went into the office, you just simply raised your price list by 5%, I bet you 80% of your customers wouldn't even notice or wouldn't worry them enough to stop trading with you.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: What would you do with another 5%? Now, think about 5%. I know it doesn't equal 5% exactly dropping down in the bottom line, right? Yep. But when you're talking about people netting something like 6% net, imagine if you actually just increase 5% at the top line, you're still going to drop – what is that? I'm trying to do the math in my head. I think it's about 2%. So you've actually increased your net, if my maths is right, by about 33%.
1: Yeah, look, I think that – the probably the biggest concern over people raising their prices or packaging things up into higher prices, whatever the case may be, is that they're going to lose customers. But the majority of people don't go, and I know you said 20%, but I would even challenge that to say that it's more like 5 to 8%. Because I know mm-hmm. when I had my cafe, every time I put my prices up, I'd freak out. And yes, you might lose 5 to 7% of your, your customers, but then the rest that were there would be paying that little bit extra, so you didn't even notice it. Don't feel it. And then when you're serving less customers, but earning the same or more amount of money or bringing in the same or more amount of money, your expenses are lower because you've got less staff on. So it's this revolving kind of thing that turns into more money on the bottom line in the end.
0: How to price your stuff and charge what you're worth and actually value your own time, I think is a key point of consideration for business owners as they plan for what does success look like for 2022?
1: Yeah, it's something that you should... I feel like maybe assess a couple of times a year, maybe at the end of the financial year and again at the end of the calendar year,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: particularly with what's been happening in the last 18 months with COVID, there's been possibly a lot of your competition is not there anymore. Maybe there's an opportunity for a bit of adjustment.
0: And I think cost inputs, especially from freight, is definitely going to impact every single price point in Australia.
1: And I don't know of anybody that doesn't actually understand that with what's been going on. So for prices to go up for something, you kind of just go, yeah, oh, of course that makes sense yeah, it's a free that given. it's gone up now.
0: If getting, you can go up 5%, 10% depending on what the environment is and who your competitors are. Hmm. There's no benefit to being the cheapest in the market at the moment, especially not with what's going on in supply lines around the world and, co- excuse me, and cost of freight. So if you're playing the price game, you need to reassess what your strategy is because it's going to be decidedly harder for you to play the price game if you're not truly powerful in the buy cycle and you don't have the market power, but you're just discounting to buy customers because that's that's not going to win you this year in 2022. No. It's going to be a tough one. So that's why we slipped that in there because starting to think along those lines of, okay, increasing prices. And we talked earlier up there about... Um, Increasing cart size. So this is a bit mm-hmm. different. This is about increasing just the price. Yep. as about valuing your own time. So then how do you wow your customer and how do you actually make them go, oh, these guys are magnificent? Mm. Well, who better than to share with us how they would do it than the one and only Andrew Griffiths, the number one selling business book selling author in Australia. We spoke to him this year and here's what he had to say about that. Andrew Griffiths, what's the one thing that a mechanic, a milk bar owner, a Chinese restaurant owner, a mobile bookkeeper, what's the one thing they could do or that they should do after listening to this conversation today that could really Mm -hmm. give them some dividends? I,
3: I, I think that they really have to make that shift from transactions to experiences. They've got to look at every single part of their business and say, how do we make an extraordinary experience out of someone bring their car in to get it repaired Someone picking up takeaway Chinese food, you know, yep. doing end of year tax, getting your teeth drilled, whatever it might be. How how do we really offer the best experience that we possibly can? That to me is is a is a fabulous place to start. The second thing that comes off the back of that that I would say here is that you really also, you've got to learn to tell great stories in your business these days. You know, you've got to tell the story of everything, of, you know, your origin story of who you are, why you do what you do, your people, your customers, your products, your services. I, I mean, I know we hear a lot about storytelling at the moment, but still people do it badly. You know, if you go to a 50 accountant websites, they all say the same thing. You go to 50 legal websites, they all say the same thing. You go to a lawyer's website, they'll tell you they do law. You know, who, what, what, what a surprise. You go to an accountant's website, they'll tell you, we do tax. Exactly, right? You go to a mortgage broker's site, what do they tell you? They can lend you money, find you money. I mean, Amazing. Pe- people are much smarter than that these days. Start treating people like they're smarter. You know, if all we do is, and this is to me probably the biggest mistake in business these days from a marketing point of view is that we're still really, really good at saying how we're exactly the same as our competitors as opposed to how we're really different. Mm. And every financial planning website says the opening line is we're different and you can trust us. Everyone. (laughs) And I know this because. I've had to speak at conferences for all of these kinds of people and I always do all my research I'm, and I'll check out the top 20 or 30 websites on Google for, uh, for accountants or lawyers or whatever it is. And I just laugh. I tell them all, you know, all you guys do is you just change the, the banner, the company name at the top of the page. Everything else stays the same. Every financial planning website got a picture of two, two, a couple of white hands shaking with the end of a suit and, and there'll be two, two grandparents walking a little child their grandchild down a beach a park or on a swing you know it's a it, we we we, t- we go to great lengths to tell everyone how we're exactly the same become a master of telling people how you're exactly different you know like really go out of the way to do that if you can do that whether it's in your service in your product in the way that you think in the way that you act um, we live in a world that rewards difference and you know conformity is the enemy in business in my view how good's Andrew Griffiths?
1: We were laughing and smiling just we listening to that the whole way through when he yeah. was talking
0: to us because it was like just amazing and we were just laughing listening to it back. You're right. Mm. So again, how are you going to make sure that customers are going to be happy to pay that price increase? It's about the first thing you said. It's about creating experiences, moving out of transactional-based business into experiential, uh, almost relationship-based business, experiential because people have to trust you. Uh, one of the shows we did where we said trust is the new commodity, that was back when Joel Hall was the special guest from the Rebel FM Media Group. Um, we we said that trust is what people are going to value the most, especially when things are dire like in a pandemic. So what builds some trust is a great experience. And if you take on a great experience, well, then you just have to do things and be different. Now, here's the key point. He's saying be different don't be the same as the 50 other you know accountants with the old people on the swing set with the grandkids he didn't say you had to be better he said you had to be different so don't get caught up in this pursuit of i've got to be better than every other mechanic on the block or better than any other hairdresser here's the hot tip you don't got to be better than nobody you just got to be more interesting with a better experience and with a higher trust rating from your clients and Remember you talked about um, telling your foundation story? Yeah. Have a look at these bad boys. (laughs) I'm just putting my foot up on the studio (laughs) desk. I've bought myself – what are these, Kerry? R.M. Williams. I've lashed out and bought myself a $595 pair of R.M. Williams yesterday. I've been thinking about it for about a year and a bit, and yesterday was the day I trundled into them all. Swipe the card. The reason why I bring that up to you is there's two things. One some of you, h- how many of you listening go, well, $595 for a pair of boots, that's expensive?
1: I'm one of those people.
0: Okay. So let me tell you why you're wrong, Kerry. <laughs> these boots are going to last me 10 to 15 years. So what's 595 divided by 15? Yeah, I can't do it either. It's four-fifths of, right? Yep. So from a what's it going to make me, not what's it going to cost me mindset, these boots are actually a really good investment. Because guess what? I'm not gonna have to do the yearly boot purchase at 60 to $70 like I normally was doing. So that normally takes me about half an hour. So in the next 15 years, I'm actually gonna save one whole day that I don't have to spend in a shoe shop. And so it can, you could can go, that's a bit absurd, Nikki, but that's how I value on how I on spend. Mm. Now, how it ties back into what Andrew Griffiths was talking about, R.M. Williams are very good at telling their story about being an Aussie icon. Yeah. And I saw their story when I was flying Qantas back when we were allowed to fly, you know, years ago now it feels <laughs> like. I remember seeing it and getting all warm and fuzzy inside as an Aussie going, oh, I need a pair of R.M. Williams. Now, that is the exact moment that that thought started in my head. Why? Because they told me a great story. They told me why they're Australian. I'm pretty sure they had Hugh Jackman in it. I can't remember exactly now. Um, And ever since then, every time, because I've always worn an RM Williams belt without really knowing anything about RM Williams, but it was only until I saw the story that I got engaged mentally and that's now led for me making a purchase yesterday. I actually bought a pair of jeans too. It's about $770 I dropped in the RM Williams store yesterday, but that's my treat to myself this year. So that all came from them telling their story. Story Storytelling, yeah. Yep. And the experience, the trust factor, blah, blah, blah. Exactly what Andrew Griffiths is saying. So to wrap this up into a nice little bow, they're the things, Tribe, that you have to, we think, work on this year. So we've tried to just break it down into what are the things you should focus on to get to a plan for yourself. Don't get so caught up in all the new year, new you bullshit because that's really what it is. That's BS. You are you and you're great. But can you tweak yourself this year? Can you hack the things that you do so that you can get a better result for yourself both in your relationship and in your business by simply tweaking and maybe changing some mindsets or some negative beliefs that you may be holding on to? And I I say absolutely because I do it every year. Every year I make incremental gains and I will end up eventually being that fit Adonis when I'm 80, uh, eating greens and, you know chanting and doing yoga, I don't know, whatever that looks like for you. But so that's my wrap up for you today about the 2022 and how you should plan for success. All those things we've just talked about. It's exactly what Kerry's been doing in her business with her sister. um, And it's exactly what we will be doing in my businesses with our executive teams. And also what Millie and I are going to be doing when we go away on holidays. We'll take one day to do a strategy plan together around all those bits and pieces. But it starts with you and the relationship. And then it goes into the work realm. Kerry? No, Final fantastic. thoughts on this topic, on the if, year ahead? If
1: if when it comes to focusing in on yourself, just just try and be a better version of you than what you were last year.
0: Yeah, Well said, and you said that at the top of the show mm-hmm. as well, so make sure you're a better version. And again, make sure you listen to Alan Todd. Someone's got to be the boss. Mm-hmm. And pretty much if you just do a couple of those things that we've said, um, you'll set yourself up to have a great year. Look, I hope you have a fantastic year in 2022. We think it's going to be uh, successful and a good year as well. And we will check in at the end of this year to check in to see how do we go with the plans that we've made and then we'll make adjustments and tweaks. And then this show next year will actually reflect on what we talked about today and then how that translated. So stay tuned on the journey and you can find that at business101show.com.au. Coach Kerry, thanks a lot. I'll see you around for the year. Thank you. Ciao for now, guys. Thanks for listening. That was the Business 101 Show bonus podcast. If you'd like to pass any comment or ask a question or maybe even be interviewed on the show please get in touch with us via business101show.com.au. That's online, email, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Coach Nicky. Thanks for listening.